0: It's a destination whose stone walls and many shades of green cloak the island in a timeless beauty. But Ireland is also a modern, progressive country where there's always something new and interesting to explore. To get us ready for visiting Ireland, we're joined by two tour guides from Ireland. Declan Field was raised in County Cork and in Dublin. Irish-American Kieran O'Hare attended Trinity College in Dublin, and he divides his time now between Ireland and the U.S. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Blake. Declan, in general, what's new for travelers in Ireland? People who'd been to Ireland maybe 20 years ago
1: would have thought that the food in Ireland would have been rather mediocre, whereas now due in part to the Celtic Tiger that we had about 20 years ago. A lot of very, very talented chefs came from all over the world mm-hmm. because there was plenty of work available for people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And they started up some amazing restaurants. So the food in Ireland is, is
0: And I've certainly very, noticed very that good. updating our Ireland book. I yeah. mean, you don't just look for tired fish and chips anymore. You can get some gastropubs. Absolutely. Uh, uh, entire towns are known for their gastronomy. Yeah. Kinsale in the south of Ireland is a great spot Kinsale for that. Kinsale particularly, yeah. But actually, everywhere you can find good restaurants these days. Kieran, when uh, Declan was saying uh, during the Celtic Tiger economy, uh, there was a lot of money and a lot of affluence and a lot of great food, a lot of uh, creative restaurants popping up. The
2: economy goes up and down and up and down. Where's the economy today in Ireland? I think it's enjoying a period of relative prosperity. You know, we can look at indicators like the strength of the property market in Dublin, which has been going through a boom that could even be characterized, you know, a lot of people are fearing that it's a bubble. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, you know, if you look at rates of construction, Dublin's become a very vibrant city and certainly U.S. corporations continue to move in droves on the tech side and the banking side to headquarters in Dublin.
0: So originally, uh, people would do move to Ireland
2: for cheap labor. It's an extremely low corporate tax rate all around, also and that's friendly, right? More
0: than the wages, of a corporate-friendly tax yes, structure. Very much. Twelve point so. five percent corporate tax rate in Ireland. So Ireland kind of has that as their a gimmick for goosing the economy, enticing corporations to come in. Yeah, but it's also a nice place for young people to come and, and work. Some very vibrant cities such
1: as Dublin, Cork, Galway. Where there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of arty stuff going on, a lot of music and cultural things that would attract young people to come over and live in Ireland. Also, an 18 and 19-year-old uh, could come over to Ireland and get a job with a tech company starting, you know, Thirty grand a year, you know. There, there's some very, very good salaries out there now for, for young people. You know.
0: Hey, well, we're talking about what's new in Ireland. Declan, you're an artist, you're a sculptor. Uh, when I was last in Ireland, I was really impressed by stepping into the shops and the artisans, whether they're weavers or painters or sculptors. There's lots going on. What's a tip for connecting with the artistic community in Ireland in our travels?
1: Well, I would say definitely whilst in Dublin to go to the National Gallery. It's an absolute jewel of a gallery on a world level. It's a small gallery, manageable to do in one day. It's not like the Louvre, it's not like the Prado. It has a concentrated collection of some amazing works, uh, ranging from early Irish art to mid-20th century. Mm. There's a more contemporary gallery than up on Parnell Square, which would be the Municipal Gallery, and that has got a, a beautiful collection of um, Impressionist art.
0: It's just a beautiful neighborhood. You've got the, it is the, the National yeah. History Museum. You've got uh, all, all, all sorts National of... Library, oh, yeah, the National so, Library. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Trinity College with yeah. the Book of Kells. Right there, yeah. So much. Kieran, when we think of what's happening today, what's the vibe? Uh, historically, people have gone to Doolin, They've gone to Ennis. They've gone to Galway, They've gone to uh, Dingle for traditional Irish folk music. Is that still essentially the same? Or, or what's the, the vibe for a professional, traditional Irish folk musician like yourself?
2: Irish traditional music has probably never been in a stronger place than it is today. There's great interest uh, among young people. It's become widely recognized as an art form in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, my instrument is an instrument called the Ilan pipes, which is the Irish bagpipes. And uh, UNESCO recognized uh, illan piping, indigenous art form, as part of the intangible cultural heritage of the world last year. Yeah, so and, where do you uh, go for that
0: if you're if you're a tourist? Is it everywhere, or is there some towns that are better than others?
2: There are some regions where it's easier to find, where it's been historically stronger. Certainly the places you mentioned, counties Clare and Kerry, have been very popular, as well as a very strong tradition in Dublin. And when you want to enjoy
0: traditional, quality folk music, get local advice. Uh, there's a buzz when there's a band in town. And I was always struck in Ireland, you could watch a band on TV, and it looks like they're... Uh, they're ready for superstardom, and then the next day they're playing in, in Ennis or they're playing in Galway. It's a small community, and if you
2: want to connect with great musicians, you can do it in the pubs. Absolutely. I'm, you know, that's the center of social life, cultural life, musical life. And All you it can costs
0: f- is a pint of beer. <laughs> that's right. That's a great thing about Ireland. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Declan Field. We're talking with Kieran O'Hare. Kieran is a specialist in the Illan Pipes and performs with the Irish music trio Open the Door for Three. Declan also works as an artist, and many of his welded steel sculptures are on display in Burgundy in France. They're taking your calls for visiting Ireland at 877-333-7425. Kimberly's calling from Pittsburgh. Kimberly, are you thinking of vacationing in Ireland?
2: I am. I'm wondering where some particularly um, unique um, Ireland-style hiking would be. I don't think of Ireland normally in terms of hikes, but I'm sure it has some really neat, unique places hmm. for an outdoor enthusiast. So what are your recommendations for
0: that? Well, there's certainly a lot of greenery to enjoy. Uh, Declan, for a hiker, what do you like? If you were based yourself
1: in Dublin and then went south down to an area called Wicklow, there is a long hiking trail about 120 kilometers long called the Wicklow Way. There are uh, hiking trails all around the country. There's another one in Kerry. The, the Wicklow Way would be more um, kind of valleys and forests and hilltops. So gentle. Got, gentle. Fairly wild countryside mm-hmm. away from major centers of civilization, aw- away from cities and towns, and it kind of scoots along. Through forests, lakes, uh, valleys—beautiful. Beautiful. Now,
0: in England, you'd have a pub whenever you were thirsty. It would seem to happen. Would this be more wild than that, or would you have that kind of connection with? There, the...
1: there, there would be a similar connection with pubs along the Wicklow Way. So you
0: need a meal, you need a drink. You've got that, yeah. and then B and B's. You can stay at along in Absolutely. villages nearby. all the way along the way. Yeah. What's yeah. another hike?
1: Another a nice area that I, I particularly like would be the Beara Peninsula down in West Cork. And there's some beautiful hikes around the Bear Peninsula, again along hilltops. There's no high mountains in Ireland. The highest mountain in Ireland is only about 1,000 th- uh, meters.
0: Bear, so, so we know Dingle Peninsula, we know the uh, Ring of the Kerry. I- the Ring of Kerry. And then, and then there's another peninsula. It's further south. In the southwest. Yeah, yeah, What is the town for headquarters
1: for that? Castletown Bear would be one of the main towns. You could place yourself in Castletown Bear and then go hiking or out from there around the Bear Peninsula. It would be more wild than the Ring of Kerry and maybe less frequented. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a personal favorite of mine, the bear. Because
0: Ring of Kerry is sort of the domain of a lot of tour buses. A and lot so of on, tour, and tour buses. Just caravans of tour buses every day. Yeah. Uh, Dingle Peninsula, a favorite of mine. You could hike, I think, uh, it lends itself to a bicycle ride around yeah. the Dingle Peninsula. Kieran, any ideas for hiking from your experience?
2: Yeah, two come to mind immediately. Um, I have family connections in County Clare. So the Burren, um, which is a beautiful mm. um, limestone um, environment in northern County Clare, full of Arctic flora. And then there's a beautiful new sort of greenway hiking area um, in County Mayo based out of Westport, I believe. So Burren, B-U-R-R-E-N.
0: That's right. It's a wonderland for a naturalist who, who enjoys looking at little flowers and, and little critters and so on. You do have to be careful. You can break your ankle in that kind of rock formation.
2: Yeah, there's nothing quite like it. It's almost a lunar landscape. Describe but that. The floor, rather than being covered with, um, <laughs> with soil as you expect the ground to be, is covered with... Uh, ridges of limestone, which often fill up with water. So uh, there's you, no you place quite, quite like it. You can't without looking at your feet. You've you, got to look when you're walking. Uh, well, but when you look up, you see these amazing yeah. uh, ancient sites, uh, portal dolmens, old sorts of... Uh, you what's know, what's a portal dolmen? A portal dolmen. Um, just to see it, it looks like usually three large stones sort of stacked in a so, two base stones so two and, one on top and a, a l- flat table l- on top. Yeah, they're sort of almost a Stonehenge kind of look to it, but uh, they are basically ancient sites. Uh, the most famous one is in the borough. Now this and it's is it. Kulnabern. Almost looks
0: like a little um, carport. You could park a small car under it. Almost. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But you got to remember, what three, four, five thousand years ago, it was covered with dirt. It was the structure of an underground tomb, is that right?
2: Yeah, there's, I mean, sorts of there's various theories about how these were used and what they represent, but that's one of them, definitely. Right.
0: You're likely to encounter these little reminders that there have been civilizations in Ireland since long before Christ. Absolutely. The most famous hike in Ireland is up Crowpatrick. Declan, talk about the tortuous hike. Up... Tortuous hike of Crowpatrick. Patrick.
1: Um, you would start it from a little place called Murrisk, which is uh, only uh, about five or six kilometers out of Westport and um you would start uh, at basically at sea level mm-hmm. and then uh, in about an hour and a half it takes to get to the summit of Crowpatrick, patrick across very very rough screedy ground and quite dangerous ground towards the top uh, very very loose uh, rock
0: what's the history and why are there all these um, Some
1: church groups going up and so on because uh, saint patrick came to ireland in 432 and um, it's thought that he went up and he spent 40 days and 40 nights as we've been told up on uh, crow patrick when he came down from Cropatrick, the myth goes he chased all the snakes out of Ireland. So that's where that happened, Cropatrick. From Cropatrick. So every July on the third weekend of July, there is the Reek Sunday. It's called because the Cropatricks also called the Reek. Reek means mountain in Ireland. So, um, on Reek Sunday, you have upwards of
0: 30,000 people climbing that mountain. Some of them doing it barefoot. Barefoot. Some of them doing it on their hands and knees. Oh, my goodness. Now, I've driven by there several times, and there's, you know, it's a tourist area on the bottom. You've got a pub and a shop and a parking lot and a nature information zone and a guy who rents walking sticks. That's right. And then you look up and you see it's like a swath of well-worn land along this ridge that arcs right up to the summit. And it occurs to you that literally centuries of pilgrims have been climbing up there on their knees, on their bloody feet, and now tourists with their tennis shoes going all the way to the top. It's almost like a piece of land art when you you look at it in some ways. Uh, You've you've got uh, hundreds of thousands
1: of people that have been walking on that piece of ground and they've etched this line into the into the landscape.
0: It is so dramatic. And it is, if I remember, it's on the west coast north of Galway? No, uh, well, it, it's just outside Westport, so in County Mayo, okay. right on the coast. Kimberly, you've got lots of hiking options there.
2: Yeah, sounds great. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, thanks for calling. Let us know how it goes.
2: Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Deborah's on the line from Fairbanks in Alaska, a place with mountains much taller than you'd find in Ireland. Deborah, right. thanks for your call. <laughs> yeah.
2: My husband and I are heading off to Europe, and we're stopping in Ireland, and we have three days in Dublin before we continue our travels, and we have our two grandchildren with us who are 10 and 15. We have been to Ireland before, and we know what we like to do, um, but I'm wondering what might maybe something that we've missed that they might enjoy doing.
0: Okay, let's think about this. You got Deborah's got three days in Dublin. Uh, I would imagine it's the first time for her kids. They're ten and fifteen years old. Kieran, what some activities that would be fun for kids?
2: Certainly the first place I think I would take kids would be the inside of Trinity College. It's got a strange resemblance to Hogwarts from my point of view. And uh, that's a great place. It's sort of um, grounds for beginning to explore the city center of Dublin, which is an exciting and bustling place, far more densely populated and active than any American city. Mm -hmm. Um, So that alone would be an amazing eye opener for children, I should think. And Declan? There's a brand
1: new museum um, right on the River Liffey called Epic, and I think kids would absolutely love Epic because it's interactive, it's state-of-the-art, and um, it would really, really grab your
0: grandchildren's attention. And Epic is all about the Irish diaspora. About the Irish diaspora around and the world, yeah. you can r- remind your kids there's maybe three or five million Irish people on the island today, but 30 million Irish Americans. And
1: you're learning not only about Ireland, but you're also learning about the world. And just across the street from Epic, there's the Jeannie Johnson. The Jeannie Johnson is a millennium project that was built down in the southwest of Ireland. A ship during the years of the famine, basically the famine was from 1845 to 1850 in Ireland. There were hundreds of thousands of people that left and went over to Canada and the US. And they went on these ships and uh, there was a reconstruction of one of these ships made. And she's called the Jeannie Johnson. The reason they made her is because she had a ship's doctor. And she also had the same crew that went across, and not one person died on that ship, whereas the other ships that brought people across were called coffin ships, and many thousands of people died on those. So the Jeannie Johnson's the reconstruction there on the Liffey, your grandchildren could get onto a boat and actually move back into the mid-1800s. And there's role-playing people in there that can, yeah, they can yeah. take your kids right back. You can also maybe take your grandchildren a little bit out of their comfort zone, but it's very, very educational. And it's, it'd be, oh, I think so, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. One thing I did was a very touristy thing with my family, and we loved it. It was just an Irish folk uh, dance, uh, a river dance kind of evening, and it yeah. was uh, at a big hotel. Uh, I forget the place, but uh, it was a delightful evening. And that was in the Arlington Hotel, right, on, on, on
1: the Liffey there. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're still doing that, but um, it's sort of an experience where you you'd get a meal, and there would be then irish dancers during and after the meal and it's quite the food is okay but you're really you're really going there for the dancing and the music
0: kieran you can go to the stadium and actually
2: let your kids uh, take a whack at hurling Sounds like a good idea. The uh, fastest field sport in the world is hurling and was recognized by UNESCO as a part of the intangible cultural heritage of the world. And it's far I suppose it would be closest to lacrosse, to an American mindset. The the kids can
0: stand in a little cage and take that hurling stick and whack the ball. And these are hands-on experiences for for kids especially, kids of all ages, that are a lot of fun. So there's lots to do with your kids. Great. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Deborah. Good luck with your family travels. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Declan Field and Kieran O'Hare. We're talking about what's new in Ireland. Kathy's calling in from Gig Harbor in Washington. Kathy, thanks for your call.
1: Thank you. So we like the freedom of driving. Um, however, um, we realize it's on the other side of the road. Not not the wrong side, but the other side.
0: Thank you. <laughs>
1: and we've um, looked at the Irish trains. They don't seem to go everywhere. So we're wondering um, your thoughts on... How difficult it would be for someone that's like upper 60s, early 70s to be able to drive in an unfamiliar way? Well, um, I've met many, many people on the years. I've been bringing people around Ireland that are doing it themselves in their own hard motor cars and they've never really had much problem. You just have to just take things easy, sort of slow down a bit and just take things easy, and,
0: and think about which side of the road you, you stay on. <laughs> that's right. If you're, if you're in a near head-on collision... You're probably the one that's in on the wrong side, so Absolutely. be in a humble frame of mind. And I would remind people, Ireland's a small island, but don't think you can get around as quickly as you can get around in Germany as far as miles per hour, because there's small roads, there's windy roads, there's a lot of traffic, there's animals, and you just take it easy. That's the beautiful thing about Ireland. If it's very scenic, stop and get out for a few minutes.
1: Between the main cities, then, we've got a, an extensive network of motorways, so you can actually get from Dublin to Cork um, now in, a, in about two and a half hours. It used to take five hours when, mm. when, I, when I was a kid. Uh, but then, once, obviously, once you get off the motorway, you're, you're then on much smaller roads. And what I do, because I, I live in France and work in Ireland, when I arrive in Ireland, when I get into the car, I say, keep left, keep left, keep left, a mantra in my head. <laughs> but especially when, I, when I'm leaving a petrol station, for example, I'd say, keep left, keep left, keep left, because you don't want to find yourself on the right.
0: <laughs> Kieran, advice for drivers, uh, tourist driving in Ireland?
2: You know, there's always... Anytime you're coming out of the airport with your hired car, there's signs reminding you to keep left. Um, yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, the steering wheel is where steering wheels always go. The pedals, you know, it's still the right pedal for gas and the left for a brake. The Thank only goodness. thing that's different is that the gear shift is on your left, and it's usually an automatic transmission car. Yeah. So if you can just remember to to be on the left, everything else pretty much sorts itself out if you yeah. take a breath and yeah. take your time.
0: And uh, Kathy was talking about train versus car, Uh, Ireland does not have the most extensive train system. I think a lot of it is sort of uh, Dublin-related. You can go cross the grain with buses.
1: Well, you you can find out from Dublin. uh, The the train system will take you to Cork and the southwest, down to Kerry and across to Galway and up to Belfast. Mm -hmm. But then if you want to get to more kind of precise destinations, Mm -hmm. um, you would then have to get a bus from the train station. For example, if you wanted to go to see the Burren that Kieran mentioned earlier on, you would take a train to Galway and then you would take a bus down to the Burren.
0: You know, it varies from country to country but I would say in Ireland because of the uh, public transportation infrastructure and the remoteness of a lot of the great sites and attractions that we want to see you get more value out of a rental car than in a lot of other countries. so. so, so yeah. go for that. Having said that, Dublin and Belfast are the two big urban centers where you don't want a car and they're so beautifully connected now by a fast train that That's you right. can easily do Dublin and Belfast by train and they can even take the train to the West Coast and then pick up your car in Galway.
1: But the thing about Ireland, I would say it's nice to see the cities but the real part of Ireland is outside the cities. Absolutely.
0: Kathy. I hope that gives you some good tips. It does. Thank you. You bet. Happy travels. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking about what's new in Ireland with our guests and our guides Declan Field and Kieran O'Hare. Kieran, what's some little anecdote or insight that gives us a, an intimacy with the Irish psyche and the Irish culture?
2: Well, wit is a currency in Ireland, and there's an anecdote about a man who was stopped on the street by an American tourist and asked for directions for how to get to the next town over, and he scratched his head and looked at the ground, and he looked up at the tourist and said, if I were you, I wouldn't start from here at all. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I love Ireland because you can understand <laughs> the local guys on the street and you
0: pick up that wit, Declan. Well, I suppose Ireland would be known for its welcome, and uh, one of
1: the lovely phrases we have in Ireland for welcoming people is "cade mila Falcha, which
0: is one hundred thousand welcomes. Cade mila Falcha. and then to say thank you in Irish, "gairbh mhaighdean." of mhaighdean. Declan and Kieran, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having us, Rick. Thank you very much. This year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.